Welcome everybody to another great installment of Calvary Christian Center. We pray that today's message encourages you and inspires you like never before. So sit back, grab your notes, your notepad, and enjoy this message live from Calvary Christian Center. Everybody give the first lady a God bless you. If you're ready for the word, shout, I'm ready. Jump on your feet and let's go in. Come on, it's my custom to stand for the reading of God's word. I'm warning you, I feel like preaching. I'm telling you, I'm gonna preach whether you amen or not. I'm gonna have church today. I've been running. I was here, I was there, I was everywhere, but I'm back, hallelujah. So listen, before I move forward, I want you to know that we're in a season of manifested vision and we're going to leave a legacy. Who's going to be a part of that with me in Jesus' name? But we're also going to take time and celebrate uh, Dr. King. We're going to be uh, closing our offices down tomorrow. If anybody knew the reality of the importance of vision and legacy, it was Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, I was reading this week about something so profound that he said. He said, you can kill the dreamer, but the dream never dies. And I thought about the fact that here we are at Calvary today, and you know, we got a ways to go, but his dream still lives. We're here today, all God's children, red, yellow, black, and white. We're standing in the legacy of a great man. I think it would be fitting before I teach the word. Let's honor Dr. King today, and let's give God great praise for him. Hallelujah. Well, if you're ready for the word, shout, I'm ready. We're looking at Deuteronomy 26. Man, I'm telling you, I wish I could have brought y'all with me to Palm Coast. That campus is lit. Hallelujah. So here we are, Deuteronomy 26.1. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Do you believe that maybe, just maybe, God's got some stuff that he's going to give you in 2020 as an inheritance? And you possess it and dwell in it that you shall make some of the first fruit of the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is going to give you and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. I'm grateful that just from our family, we know there are four places here, Palm Coast, Orlando, and Ormond Beach where God has chosen to make his name abide. Hallelujah. Now watch this. And you shall go to the one who is a priest in those days and say to him, I declare today that the Lord your God, that I have come to the country and the Lord, which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and shall set it before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, my father was a Syrian about to perish and he went to Egypt and dwelt there. Few in number. And there he became a great nation. Great. Mighty and populous but the egyptians mistreated us afflicted us and laid hard bondage on us then we cried out to the lord god of our fathers and the lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and labor and our oppression so the lord brought us out of egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm with great terror and with signs and wonders he brought us to this place and has given us a land flowing with milk and honey now behold i have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. So shall you rejoice in every good thing. Is there anything good in your life that you can rejoice over? 
which the Lord your God has given to you in your house. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all these things, not a few, not some, not a couple, but all. Somebody say all. All these things shall be added unto you. Last verse, and I love this. I've been so taken by this this week in my time with the Lord and being fully persuaded that what God promised, he was able to perform. Hallelujah. I'm going to let you make an announcement to your neighbor for this sermon title. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, I've got news for you concerning my God. Say, neighbor, if he's done it before, he can do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he blessed me before, he can bless me again. If he moved before, he can move again. If he made a way before, he can make a way again. I dare you to give God praise if you believe that if he's done it before, come on, precious, he can do it again. Raise up your hands. Father, we're here to seek you because we love you. We know that you are good. That whatever you have done before, you're able to do it again. We give your name praise. If you love him, one, two, three, lift him up. Come on, lift him up. You can be seated. I've got news for you. Whatever God has done before, he is able to do again. He's all-powerful. He's preeminent. There's nothing God cannot do. He's not growing weaker. He's not peaked. God is able to do again whatever he has done before. Last week I watched a college football national championship and I enjoyed it much. I'm really not an LSU fan, but I love to watch football. And I was watching in the, at halftime, they brought out who they said were the greatest college football players. And among them was Roger Starbuck and Earl Campbell. Some of y'all are old enough to remember Roger Starbuck, who was a quarterback uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, and Earl Campbell, who played for the Houston Oilers. Don't sit out there and act like you don't know who that is. Some of y'all know Herschel Walker. Y'all remember him? The great running back for Georgia, who, who was just running all over everybody as a freshman. I remember watching him play. Some of y'all are real old, and you remember Jim Brown. Come on. Don't act like you're 12 years old. Some of y'all know. But I was watching these players, and it occurred to me that some of them had to sit down. Some of them, like Earl Campbell, the great uh, Houston Oiler running back, he couldn't even stand. But I was thinking about the fact that in their heyday, they were unstoppable. In their heyday, they could run and run and run, and nothing could hold them back. Defenses couldn't stop Earl Campbell and, and Herschel Walker. I remember just being amazed by how great that they were. But the truth is, they had done it before, but they could not do it again. They were great before, but they could not do it again. But I stopped by on the last service on the central campus to tell you that your God is not like a ball player that peaks. I'm not, I've come to tell you that whatever he's done before, he can do it again. He's just as powerful as he's always been. The same God that, that, that called Lazarus, Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave, he's able to, to restore and bring dead stuff back to life. If he's done it before, he can do it again. If he healed you before, he can heal 
healed you again. If he blessed you before, he can bless you again. If he gave you joy before, he can give you joy again. If he made a way for you before, he can make a way for you again. If he opened the door before, he can open the door again. If he defeated the devil for you before you before, he can do it for you again. There's nothing God has done that he's not able to do again. So I dare you, before I get to preaching, why don't you give God praise that if he's done it before in 2020, he can do it again. Somebody shout that out. He can do it again. See, God is timeless, and if God is timeless, therefore, we understand his principles and promises are timeless. That means whatever God's principles are, they work today. And the principle of first in the Bible is as old as time. I've been preparing you because every year we bring our first fruits to the Lord. Every year we bring our first and our best to God. The principle of first fruits is found all the way back in Genesis 4. You remember when Cain and Abel brought offerings to the Lord and Cain his offering was not blessed or accepted but Abel's was honored and the question is why I was studying that this week and I was transfixed by Genesis 4 because the Bible says that in the process of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord but Abel brought an offering of the first of the flock it seemed that Cain brought an offering over time. When he had assembled what he wanted, when he had gotten what he needed, then he brought God what was left. But Abel brought an offering, the King James Version said, of the firstlings or the first things. He brought an offering of first. Abel understood the power of proper priority. It's easy to bring God part of the harvest, especially when you know you've got the rest of the harvest in the barn. But it takes faith to bring the first lamb, not knowing for sure if there will be another lamb that will follow the lamb that you've just gotten. See, we see this principle of first uh, exhibited in the life of Abraham. Abraham offered Isaac on Mount Moriah even though God had intervened and, and eventually provided a ram in the thicket. It took faith for Abraham to walk his miracle up Mount Moriah. He had had this miracle as an old man and his wife as an old woman and it took faith for him to lay that first, that offering on the altar. But God blessed him. You see, Abraham was promised that he would be the father of a great nation and sons and daughters would number in like the numbers of the stars of the heavens and the sands of the seashore. God was faithful to Abraham and blessed him after he offered his first. When the children of Israel took possession of the promised land, God allowed them every city. He said, but here's what I want. He said, you give me Jericho and I'll give you everything else. You give me what's first and I'll give you everything else. And after they brought God first, everything else was supernaturally released unto them. I believe that God is going to release some things unto you supernaturally in 2020. I believe there's going to be some things that occur in your life that you defy explanation. I believe there's going to be breakthroughs that come into your life that when it's all said and done, you won't be able to know that you shifted it, changed it, you transferred it or transformed it. You're going to be able to look back and say, had it not been for the Lord who was on our side. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to step out of my natural and into his supernatural. Is there anybody ready for a supernatural natural season in 2020. Come on, make a little noise if you're ready for that. 
after they brought God first, their first, everything else was supernaturally released to them. And even God himself, he establishes this principle and then he operates within that law himself, the law of first things. When you study your Bible, you find out that Jesus was the first, the only, and the begotten Son of God. But God offered him as the first. God gave his first because when God gave his first and only Son as the sacrifice on the cross, this was God's first fruits. You say, well, pastor, did it work? Don't miss this now. God gave his first and only son. You say, pastor, did it work? Don't miss this. I know I'm being redundant. God gave his first and only son. Pastor, did it work? I want you to look around here today. We who were estranged, we who were aliens, we who were separated from God, when God offered his first, the Bible said in, in the Old Testament, having no one greater to swear by he swear he swore by himself so God offers his first he offers his son believing that there would be a harvest that would come again you say pastor did it work I want you to look around here today I want you to look at sons and daughters I want you to look at children of the king who've been adopted into the family of God we are no longer strangers we are no longer alienated from God but now we are sons and daughters hallelujah now we have right and might now we are connected. Did it work? I can give God praise and say I am a testimony that the first fruit of Jesus worked. Anybody redeemed today? Anybody born again today? Anybody washed in the blood today? It tells me that it must have worked. If it worked, give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 And even more, even beyond, even next, the Bible says in Revelations 1-5, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the firstborn from the dead, the firstborn from the dead. See, there can't be a first unless there's going to be a second. Because if it wasn't first, it would be only. If it was going to only be one, it would be only, not first. Because first implies there's a second. And second implies there's a third. And third implies there's a fourth and fourth implies there's a fifth and the Bible says that he is the firstborn from the dead in other words the Bible said he is the first fruits of the resurrection what does it mean? It says that the dead in Christ shall rise first. Listen, there has not been a grave that has been built that can hold those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Jesus is the first fruits of resurrection. He rose never to die again. And there will come a day when every grave that is filled with a believer is going to have to give that body up. And that body will be resurrected from the dead. I'm trying to tell, oh Jesus, some of y'all getting mad because I get a little loud and get a little shouty because I make a little noise sometimes because I'm a little bit Pentecostal and Holy Ghost and all that radicalness. But let me tell you, the God I serve is a loud God. He's going to shout so loud one day it's going to snatch your grandma right out of the ground. I'm trying to tell you that first things work. I'm trying to tell you that there is a resurrection of the dead. I'm trying to tell you that my dad's body is buried in Bonifay, Florida, but there will come a day when that body will be raised incorruptible it is the law of the first somebody give the Lord a praise <laughs> glory to God yeah. I believe this with all my heart 
I was studying and praying and seeking God this week, the Lord reminded me. He said, dead things come to life when you put God first. He said, release that in my house Sunday. So I'm releasing it. I'm releasing that as you put God first in 2020, that dead things are coming to life. There are things you thought were dead. God said, no, it's coming back to life. God's bringing relationships back to life. God's bringing opportunities back to life. God's bringing open doors. Come on, I dare you to give God praise. If you believe some dead things are... No, however you're going to praise him, when whatever was dead comes back to life, why don't you praise him just that way right now? Yeah. You put God first this year, and I, I want him to be first in my life. I, I, I don't just preach this, precious. I live this. I've decided that this is the man that I want to be. I want to be the kind of man that puts the Lord first, that I don't just talk to you about it. I'll I, I, I be about it. As you put God first this year in your first fruits giving, things you thought were dead are coming back to life. We have no finer example of being instructed to put God first than we do from the very lips of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He said in Matthew 6, but seek first, somebody shout first. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. First thing he said here was seek, and seek is a word of worship. And you can't worship without pursuit. See, I wanna be a worshiper. I wanna be a praiser. I don't wanna be a performer. I, listen, I'm thankful that we have some of the best music in the whole world right here on this stage. But our, 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 our team, they're not full of performers, they're full of worshipers. Our job is not to perform, our job is to worship. Come on somebody, we worship and God performs. So he said, seek. He said, don't just seek me. He said, seek first. Seek first the kingdom. The word first there, if you transliterate that, define it from the Greek, it means chiefly. First of all, first in rank, first in time, first in place, first in order of importance. Jesus said, you got to seek me first. He said, seek the kingdom, seek the Lord first. God said, I'm not going to fit on your list. He said, I'm preeminent. I've always been and I always will be. Nothing precurses me. Nothing predates me. Nothing came before me. I have always been. I have no beginning. You'll never find a time when it was my birthday because I've never been born. God said, I've always been and I always will be. It's I'm not capable of being second. I'm not able to be third. It is not in my nature to be fifth or sixth. I don't fit somewhere on your list. He said, you make me first or you make me nothing. He said, I can only be first because I am El Shaddai. I am El Roy I. El Roy I means the God who is there before you get there. He said, before you ever got a job, before you ever had a husband, before you ever had anything, I was already there before you got there. That's why you can't put me on your list and think that I'll I'll just show up and be cool with it but he said if you'll make me first first of all first in priority first in rank he said first in time first in place first in order of importance he said seek first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you but we have the Cain mindset the Cain mindset says let me get what I want let me assemble what I want and then God whatever I have left I'll give it to you whatever I have whatever I have left over I'll give it to you but God said no you've gotten it backwards that's a Western mindset he said you're trying to fit me on your list he said but if you will flip the script he said if you will seek me first seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things shall be added unto you see so often we get mesmerized hypnotized drawn in by seeking things but God said if you'll put me first everything else that you need shall be added unto you I'm telling you there's some things coming your way this year as you put God first is healing a thing come on is breakthrough a thing is joy a thing is new anointing a thing is power a thing is revival a thing is open doors a thing is healing of cancer a thing God can do anything I came to church today to tell you that whatever it is put God first and all these things shall be added unto you you ought to give God praise that he's gonna take care of everything look at your neighbor and say neighbor give me 30 seconds to give God praise because he's taking care of every little thing. Hey! 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 I feel the anointing in here today. Now he said, he said, seek first the kingdom of God. First, if you trace the word first, first is akin to the word foundation. Foundation is what everything else is built on. So I've made a covenant in my heart that this year as never before that I am going to make Christ my foundation. That I'm building everything on him. So often we try, as I said, to put everything else and seek everything else first and then add God to it. But if we seek him first, everything is added. And here's what I know personally. Life comes into alignment when we place and keep God first. Come on now. When we keep God in his right place and priority, and I want my life to be in alignment. Let me hear from you if you want your life in alignment this year. Now, you say, well, pastor, there's some things I don't prefer to do. I don't prefer to put God first. I would prefer not to bring a first fruits offering. I, I would prefer not to worship. I would prefer not to, pat, to, not to fast. Is it just me? I'm tired of beans and broccoli, I'll tell you that. Lord, I need some chicken. I need a pork chop. I need, I need pizza with pepperoni all over it. Y'all ain't saying, y'all are all religious. Y'all, some of y'all, y'all ain't fasting. I, I, if you're fast, you know what I'm saying. I need, hey, Jesus. I need a biscuit with a piece of sausage stuck right in the middle of it. Hey, yeah. I prefer not to fast. I prefer not to give. But here's what I've come to understand. Here's what I know. Wise people live their lives on principle, not preference. Oh, where are the grown-up folks in the house? 
See, when you learn to live your life on principle, that's when the things you prefer begin to happen in your life. You gotta live your life on principle. You gotta make up in your mind, I'm doing this because I love God. And you say, well, pastor, I prefer not to give. Well, here's what I know about giving. See, you say, I love the Lord, but I don't wanna give to God. The law of loving always releases the law of giving. You say, Pastor Randy, he loves me. He loves me. He don't. He won't buy my. He won't buy my meal at Chick Fil A, but he loves me. He says we Dutch treat when we go to McDonald's, but he loves me. Let me tell you something. If he really loves you, he'll take you to Red Lobster. Oh, y'all ain't saying. If he really loves you, homeboy will take you to the Cracker Barrel and say, get whatever you want. Because the truth is, part of the way you know that I love my wife is she looks good. Come on, somebody. I take care of her. We have an agreement. I make, she makes her money and spends it like she wants to, and I make my money and spend it like she wants to. Come on, somebody. The truth is, whoever you love, you're going to give to. You love your children, you give to your children. Don't say you love the Lord, but then you won't give to God. Don't say you love the Lord, and then you won't worship God. Don't say you love the Lord, and then you won't praise God. I wonder if there's anybody here today, and you can say, Pastor, I love the Lord. I only want to hear from the people that love the Lord. If you love the Lord, make a little noise. Because the Bible says, wherever your treasure is, your heart is also. So the law of loving always releases the law of giving. Now watch this. Whatever you love and prioritize gets the best of you. So we're celebrating now this first fruits offering next Sunday. Some are going to give their first check, their first week. Some We've had people who give their first month. Not everybody gives the same. Some give their first day or they give their very best. And here's the truth. It's, it's bringing God your best. It's not equal giving, but it's equal sacrifice. And there are many that are able to give and, and you are able to give more of a dollar amount. You can give a month's wages because you're so blessed. But then someone else, it's faith for them to give an hour but it's not equal giving it's equal sacrifice now watch this first fruits in Hebrew is Bekram it literally means the promise that is to come it's a divine principle all the way back in the Old Testament and it's an acknowledgement of what God has done but it's faith saying God whatever you've done before you can do it again and this is a divine principle and the divine principle of God's always open ups the provision of God when you implement a divine principle you will reap a divine reward and here's here's what your giving does your giving signals to your harvest that God God is involved in your life. So when you give in January, what you want to harvest, victory, resources, healing, breakthrough, whatever it is, your giving in January yells to your need in September. And it says, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. In January, your giving is shouting to July. And when the enemy tries to afflict you with sickness, your, your, your giving is saying to that harvest of healing that you want to bring in, not that you're trying to buy God, but giving doesn't buy God, it moves God. So your giving is saying to that sickness, I'm going to reap healing because my, with his stripes, I am healed. Your giving says in January to May, when you 
get underneath attack. Hey, May, my giving in January is letting you know that no weapon that is formed against me shall be able to prosper. Somebody give God praise if you understand that you can do something now that will affect your year. Glory be to God. I'm going to come down there and say amen myself. Now watch this. A harvest, it is money, and, and we all need some money. Wave at me if you need some money. Okay, some of y'all wave two hands and a foot. Credit. We need money in this ministry. We, 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 we started, we have four campuses now. We, we, we planted hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in Palm Coast, gave them away. They were in church this morning. Come on now. So everything we're doing, we're doing by faith. But how many of you understand that, that a harvest and God's blessings are so much more than money? How many of you can say some of my blessings in my life don't even have anything to do with money, Pastor? I dare you to give God praise if your greatest blessings Come on, your family, your children. Some of y'all need favor. Who's believing for favor this year? Some of you need an open door. Some of you need opportunity. Some of you need peace of mind. Come on, some of you are on Prozac and some of you are on chocolate chip ice cream, however you're dealing with it, come on. But the truth is I'm declaring that this year in the mighty name of Jesus, that everything God has for you is gonna come your direction. In 2020, you will harvest it. Yeah. Now watch this, teaching now. What's the difference between teaching and preaching? Teaching is telling it and preaching is yelling it. Come on. The first fruits offering was brought before the Lord thankfully. Come on. What they would do, they would count 50 days from Passover when there was a sacrifice of the lamb and they would come to first fruits day and as they gave, they were remembering the blood of the lamb. They were remembering that their sin was covered. Oh. So they gave thankfully. See, the truth is that their sin was only covered. Their sin was only covered. Passover was when the lambs were slain to cover the sins of the Jews, but it had to be done every year because the sin was just covered. But 2,000 years ago, there came a spotless lamb in the form of man. The Bible said he was the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the earth. See, every year the Jews had to rehearse and go through the same process of killing natural lambs. But 2,000 years ago, the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the earth. And his blood didn't cover sin. His blood canceled sin. His blood caused your sin never to be another issue in your life. So if the Jews could come rejoicing and thankful that their sin was covered, there ought to be some radical people on this campus that could give God a crazy praise that my sin is not just covered up or swept under the rug, but my sin has been washed away. And as far as the east is from the west, so far as God removed my sin from me. So they could come giving God glory that their sin was canceled. But watch this. Preparing the wheat pointed to the Christ of the cross. Because the way that Hebrews would normally prepare their wheat 
they would do it with a sieve and they would throw the wheat up and the chafe would blow away. But this particular bread, they took the wheat and they beat it. They took the rye and they beat it. They rubbed it. And the wheat was taken through the process of beating. And I want you to understand something. It pointed to what Jesus would accomplish for you and I. Because there's no heaven's harvest, no breakthrough without Jesus, who is the source of every blessing. And without his beating, we could claim no harvest. So we bring our first fruits to God. Next Sunday, when we bring it, we're going to remember the goodness of God and rejoice over the fact that we have victory over sin. And we're not going to bring it depressed. We're not going to bring it, my Lord, that pastor, all they talk about is money. The devil is a liar. Y'all know that ain't true. I talk about everything. I talk about your bedroom. I talk about your children. I talk about your attitude. Tell your neighbor, my pastor will straighten you out. Come on, somebody. I talk about everything, but the truth is, we're not going to bring this first fruits offering to the Lord depressed. The Bible said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. I love the word thanksgiving in the Hebrew because thanksgiving is defined as this a personal thank offering, a company of people offering thanksgiving to God, a confession of thankfulness. See, your praise is dangerous when it gets personal. Come on, somebody. When you're not just grooving to the music, when you're not just hanging out in church, but when something deep down inside of you says, I've got to give God praise, and this is personal. I wonder if there's anybody that can look back at where God brought you from, and you've got a personal thank you, Jesus, in your heart right now. Tell your neighbor, say, this is personal. This is why I can't give you, I can't have you get bent out of shape when I shout. I can't have you looking at me funny when I dance. I can't have you looking at me like I'm crazy when I lift up my voice or clap my hands. You are unaware of the pit that he brought me out of. You don't know what the Lord has done for me. So before you put your mouth on a praiser, you need to remember they ain't praising you and they ain't worshiping you and they ain't thanking you because you did not do for them what God did for them. I dare say. Somebody, I dare somebody right now, make it personal. If God has really been good to you, make your praise personal. Push your neighbor and say, this is personal. I'm praising him because I ought to praise him. I'm thanking him because I ought to thank him. This is personal. <sighs> Hang with me in the back. Hang with me in the back. Now, they would bring... Seven crops to the Lord, but only two were ripened. The Jews in their time of first fruits, hang with me in the back, I'm moving a little bit quick. They would move to bring seven crops in total. The wheat and the barley was the only crops that were in the barn. The rest they brought unripened and by faith. So of course they brought from what they had, but the five crops they were bringing seven in total based on faith in what they believed God was able to do. The five crops not fully matured were the olive, the pomegranate, the date, the grape, and the fig. Now watch this. The Jews would get an offering of the matured crops of the portion and, and the, they would make bread out of it. They would make a rye loaf and a wheat loaf. And that priest would wave both before the Lord. He would stand in the presence of God 
and he would wave the wheat and the barley. The one hand said, Lord, this is what you've already done. So they would wave that hand saying, God, you've been a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Waymaker. So they would wave that, acknowledging what God had already done. I wonder if there's anybody that could wave a hand in an acknowledgement of what God has already done. But then they would get the next one. They would get the rye loaf. And they would wave the rye loaf before the Lord. And this was an acknowledgement of what God was able to do. This God, this, this said, God, you've done it before. And if you've done it before, you can do it again. If you've been a waymaker before, you'll be a waymaker again. If you've been a help before, you'll be a help again. If you've been a healer before, you'll be a healer again. If you've been joy before, you'll be joy again. If you've been power before, you'll be power again. If you if you've opened doors before, you'll open doors again. What I'm looking for is a few people that will raise up both hands and say, God, if you've done it before, I'll lift my voice and I'll say, whatever you've done it before, you're able to do it again. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Say, you just sit there if you want to, but I gotta give God praise because if he's done it before, he will do it again hallelujah i don't just have a one-dimensional praise i don't just praise god for what he's done i praise god for what's on the way that if he's done it before he can do it again my 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 stop worrying so much if he's done it before he can do it again now we're gonna move quickly. The offering was an offering that acknowledged God for blessing them in the season that they were in, but it was also an offering acknowledging in faith the blessings that were to come. I'm gonna say this because I believe this. You can get mad at me if you want to, but I believe God's word. And I don't believe God is through blessing Jim Rayley. I'm talking about Jim Rayley, I'm talking about me. Right here. I don't believe, aren't you glad you're married to me, Dawn? Because God's not through blessing me. And if he's not through blessing me, he's not through blessing you. And he's not through blessing my children. And he's not through blessing my church. And he's not through blessing my brothers. And he's not through blessing my sisters. And he's not through blessing my family. Here's the million dollar question. Do you believe that God is through blessing you? If you don't believe that God is through blessing you, why don't you praise him like you believe that his blessings are gonna come upon you and overtake you? This year, the Jewish people believed that God was the source of every blessing and that he would never run out of blessings. They brought an offering from seven crops to God. And here's some things I'm gonna release. Remember, this is the year of declaration. So I'm gonna declare some things over you. Because the Bible said you will declare a decree a thing and it will be established. If you want to be declared over somebody, say bring it on. Seven in the Bible is a very powerful number. It represents completion, perfection, and rest. 
The Bible said the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Perfect means to bring to an end. It means to give rest. I declare that in 2020, there are some things, come on, that are gonna come to an end. There's some drama that you dealt with in 2019. There's some issues that you dealt with. I declare that it's coming to a rest, to an end. Raise your hands. I declare that the attack of the enemy that has been trying to defeat you and delay you, things that have been held up, there are issues and drama and problems. It ends in 2020. I declare that this is a year of rest. I declare that this is not a year of tears. This is a year when the Lord turns your mourning into dancing. Somebody give God praise if you believe that 2020 will be a year of completion and rest okay they would bring these crops and each crops each crop signified something first they would bring wheat and barley wheat and barley represent love charity fellowship and peace in the bible bread was and is made from these crops and the breaking of the bread with someone has always symbolized peace and love and generosity so when we sow in faith let's claim that faith that god is going to open a door of great peace so this year i declare over you this year you're going to have peace you're going to have fellowship you're going to have generosity this year you're going to have peace you're not going to be full of fussing you're not going to be fighting with your family this year you're gonna have peace somebody say peace come on look around you and shoot everybody on your row a peace sign come on this year I'm gonna have peace you can have drama but save the drama for your mama come on somebody I'm gonna have peace if you're gonna have peace this year even if everybody around you don't want it but you're gonna have it make a little noise if you're claiming peace you bring your first fruits offering next week to the Lord, bring it declaring peace. Then there's dates. Dates represent sweetness. I've been to Israel many times. I just got back a couple months ago. I'm getting ready to put together another trip, and I'll let you know the dates, and I'm going to have a meeting. I'd love to take you with me. Dates represent sweetness. The Bible says that the promised land would be flowing with milk and honey. We think of bee honey, but when Jewish people think of honey, they don't think of bee honey. They think of date honey. So I'm declaring that this year is going to be a sweet year. Push your neighbor and say, sweet. Yeah, yeah, this year is going to be a sweet year. It's going to be sweet. You're going to have sweet times with your family, sweet times with your children, sweet times on the job, sweet times with the Lord. Listen, maybe you like bitterness and drama. Maybe you like problems, but I declare I'm going to have a sweet year. I dare somebody give God a praise if you're ready to claim a sweet year. Raise up your hands. I declare as you bring your first fruits to the Lord that this year will not be a year of sourness, but this year will be a year of sweetness. Now, if you receive that, give God praise. Okay, hang with me now. The, the fourth fruit was pomegranates. Pomegranates represent righteousness in Jewish culture. When you study the Bible, there were actually fashioned pomegranates that were put on the robe of the priest. So when the priest went behind the veil into the presence of God, he had pomegranates. It represents righteousness. So here's what I'm declaring in faith over you. Sin, 
hold up your hands, will not control you this year. I'm declaring that addictions don't control you. I break addictions off of your children. I break rebellion out of your house. I bind every devil that would want to take your peace and I declare that in the mighty name of Jesus that you are going to experience the righteousness of God in your home and in your family. Give God praise for power over the devil. Okay, then number five was grapes. Grapes, they made wine out of it. And wine represents the party. And the party represents joy. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to party this year. I mean, not get drunk. Y'all know what I'm saying. Come on, somebody. The Bible says be sober. He's talking to somebody on your road when he says that. Come on, somebody. But wine represents joy. It represents festivity. It represents joy. This year, it's going to be a year of joy. Okay, I got 12 people who believe it. I said this year, God is going to open up a door of joy over your life. I said, young person, you're going to have joy. I said, mother, you're going to have joy. I said, brother, you're going to have joy. I need you to practice. Look at your neighbor and say, ha. Come on, look at him and say, ha, ha, ha. Tell your neighbor there's more where that came from. I believe that this year I'm going to ha. I'm going to ha, ha, ha. You're going to like me this year. I'm going to tell jokes this year. I'm going to smile this year. I'm going to laugh this year. God's about to turn somebody's mourning into dancing. God's about to turn somebody's sorrow into joy. The Bible said weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. It's time for joy. Somebody shout one time. And then there are figs. In the Bible, figs represent safety and prosperity. It, it literally, if you define it, it means fatty prosperity. I don't want to say I'm going to be fat and blessed. Come on, somebody. As we bring our first fruits offering to the Lord, I believe that this year, raise your hands. He opens blessings and safety over your life. My favorite one of all these is the olive. That's the seventh one because the olive represents anointing. And David said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. So why don't you slip up your hand? I declare over you that this is your year be anointed with fresh oil. You're going to manifest vision. You're going to leave a legacy because in 2020, you're going to operate with fresh oil. You're not going to, you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to try to do today's work on yesterday's oil. Hallelujah. Call down fresh oil over your life today. Call down fresh oil over your family today. Call a new anointing over you. I call it over you. In the name of Jesus, let the oil flow. In the name of Jesus, let the oil flow. 
In the name of Jesus, the yoke-breaking, burden-destroying, cancer-healing, life-changing, joy-giving oil. Let it flow over your life today. All this, we believe, is released when we live our lives not by preference, but by principle. When we put God first. Years ago, the Lord laid on my heart to put him first. I started doing that the first part of the year. We've done it year in and year out. And I, I for one, believe that as a leader, you can't take someone somewhere you've never been. Can I get a witness? I'm, I'm hungry for a leader in my life that won't just talk about it, but will be about it. Don and I have prayed. When we teach these principles to you, we live these principles ourselves. So we're going to give our most sacrificial gift that we've ever given this year, this one year going to give our first fruits and then our legacy giving because we're building a kids center across the street. We're going to build something so good that when kids ask to go somewhere, they'll say, don't take me to Chuck E. Cheese. Take me to Calvary. Come on. So Don and I have already decided that we had resources that we have set aside we, we're going to use for investments because I know I look like it but I'm not getting any younger come on <laughs> but here's the deal I said Dom let's give our very best it's not equal giving but it's equal sacrifice so next Sunday is sacred Sunday we will offer our church to the Lord. We will offer our first fruits to the Lord. We will offer our legacy commitment to the Lord. But more than anything else, bring it up in the back. More than anything else, we will offer ourselves to the Lord. I, I think you want to give God a praise. Go ahead. I think about legacy givers. I think about the fact that I came to Jesus in a church that I didn't I didn't pay for. I sat in a pew that I didn't buy. Somebody before me sowed so I could know the Lord. I think about the legacy of Calvary. I'm looking at my little girl Courtney who's now leads worship. My little girl Channing, my son. They're running around here. Both of my daughters now work in the ministry full time. Ain't the Lord good? Legacy. Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it inspired you in every single way. For more information about Calvary Christian Center or to give, you can go to calvaryfl.com and be sure to subscribe and like this podcast. And we will see you next week here on the Calvary FL Podcast.